0: All right, here we go again. I'm Kevin O'Coin and I'm Brian Ackley. This is Life in the Rough, the podcast episode three. Woo! Kevin, how are you doing? How was your last I week? I
1: am fantastic, Brian. How about yourself?
0: Dude, I can't complain. I I, I really can't complain um, over the past week. Things have been good. Um, obviously been way too cold up here in the Northeast uh, to get out and play. I, I don't have any places near me that have uh, heaters at the driving range. Like I know you do you, um, but I was able to get out twice virtually. So I've been, you know, swinging the club, working on the craft and uh, feel great about it. How about yourself?
1: That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. I, um, I actually got to the range twice this weekend, twice, two days uh, in a row, uh, which, which in the middle of summer is fantastic. I love that. I'm feeling good. I'm getting out there, getting some swings in. In January, I tell you what, man. Monday morning when I woke up, I I was like rolling over on my left side, and I was like, "Oh man, do I have a do I have a bruise? Like, what's going on here?" I I was just sore. I hit two medium buckets. wasn't doing anything crazy, and I was just, I was hurting, hurt. in
0: You you hit two medium buckets on Sunday or over the weekend combined?
1: No, I hit one on Saturday and I hit one on Sunday.
0: Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, Kev. I mean, wait till life after thirty, my
1: friend. But I, that's awesome, man. Two medium buckets. That's great. How are you hitting them? I, I will say Sunday, I was hitting them better than Saturday. Which I mean, in a vacuum, that's how, that is how it should work. Yeah. Um. But I um, I was spending a lot of time on my driver. I, as you know, my driver is just like the bane of my existence. Oh yeah. I. Okay. I was just pushing it right. If I wasn't pushing it, I was starting left and it was cutting even further. Right. Um, so I was trying to slow the swing down a little bit, try to really focus on form and technique. Um, and you know, in true Kev fashion, it, it didn't work, but you know, I was out there and I kept trying. So I kept teeing up about, I probably teed up like 75% of the bucket with drivers. I was like that guy on the range, you know? Oh yeah. Um, but hey, it was good to be out there. I um my thing with my driver is if I'm not hitting my driver well, I do that and I'll just hit a bunch of them. But then the last like 10, 15 balls, I'm like, you know what? I just gotta grab like my pitching wedge, my nine iron, and just hit a few like three quarter, oh, yeah. 50% to three quarter shots, work mm-hmm. on hitting into greens, hitting towards targets, and and then I feel better by the end of the session. But um yeah, it felt it felt good to get out there and swing though, man. How um how were your virtual rounds? How'd those go?
0: Um, so I played last Friday after work, I got out of work early, went over just for an hour before, uh, um, yep. my wife got out of work. Um, and it, it went well, I mean, I was able to play in an hour. I was able to play 27 holes. Um, obviously it's much easier when you're not walking, hold a hole, waiting on people in front of you, you know, this and that hit the driver, hit the next stick, hit the next stick Putt. um, But so uh, Friday went good. I was kind of just working on um, my swing, just trying to keep a consistent trajectory, get my ball speed up. Um, And then Tuesday, men's league, it went real well. We played um, TPC Scottsdale. um, So out in Arizona, um, where the waste management uh, Phoenix Open is, which is a great uh, time to watch. Um, how was the back- weather in
1: Scottsdale on Tuesday, Brian?
0: Uh, two miles an hour, uh, were the, uh, were the wind, uh, at our back most of the time, uh, zero fans. Um, so it made it pretty easy. Um, I only made, I only hit four fairways, but I scrambled my butt off and hit a lot of greens. Um, I only ended up having 11 putts. I shot two under, I had four birdies, Um, I, I dude, I felt great about it, but I ended up losing by one stroke. Uh, the guy I played against, he ended up chipping in from about 15 yards off the green, um, on, on nine. And, you know, we were, we were even at that point and he took the extra skin, um, to take the match at that. And, you know, I parred the last hole. What, what, what are you going to do when a guy chips in for birdie, um, you know, off the green. So uh, it was a great match and, you know, hats off to him. He really was a great time. Um. But
1: yeah, it was a little bittersweet there. I will say that. First of all, I mean, chipping in. Fantastic. Shout out your boy. You have have a name. Does he have a name? Uh, Absolutely. uh, James Jones. I'll give you the first and last because it's two firsts. JJ. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's fantastic. But let me ask you something. Does it even count when you chip in on virtual golf? So he
0: he was 15 yards from the cup. It um was probably only three or four yards onto the green. So where his chip landed, it landed only about a foot onto the green and then it, it did track. So I, do I agree with you that it, it, to some extent it is a video game? Yes, for sure. But at the same time when I'm 157 yards out and my ball lands 3 point, uh, two point five I didn't even have to putt on this par three. It was great. Um, 2.5 feet away. I could also say like, well, would that have really gone that distance? Would that have rolled out a little bit? Would that have hit something and went to the left? Um, So, you know, it's all in good fun, but uh, no, it was a good time. um, And I'm I'm definitely progressing, not in the leaderboards because I lost, but certainly um, feeling better about the swing. I I, I know I'm not going to be as rusty come March and April when we start getting out there regularly that's what I'm right. Thinking. Yeah.
1: Awesome. That's uh, that's great. I actually, um, my putter has been in my, my car all week. So like, I don't know, I was saying, I think on the last episode, I, we were saying how we've been rolling a lot of putts or whatever. And since I went to the range last week and my bag was in my car and I keep forgetting to grab my putter. And every time I think about it, it's like when I'm in the bedroom, I'm on the phone, working from home and I, I just forget to grab it. And I just want to be rolling a few putts, but I finally grabbed it today um in the afternoon and whatever progress I made with my putter about two three weeks ago from the winter itself apparently is gone because I, I, I couldn't you. I couldn't roll a solid putt all afternoon and it was really irking me so I, I had to put the stick down and uh just take my losses I'll get back after it tomorrow that's all right that's all right man hey it's it, that's what you have all winter
0: for and um it's all about uh working on the game when we're not able to get out there regularly.
1: Right. Absolutely. And yeah, we just it basically pissed snow over the last day or two. So, I mean, if, if anybody is, uh, is playing, they're not doing it outside right now. At no, least not up no. here. No, certain, certainly not at all. Um, so, Kev, let's get into it.
0: Um, one thing that um, you'll see a lot of uh, on the course is the way people get around. Um, walking versus riding. What's your take? W- what do you prefer to do?
1: Walk. I prefer to walk. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give a one-word answer like that, but I feel like it's self-explanatory. I, So I think I hit the point in my golf career, if a career is what you want to refer to this as. Legendary. um, I hit the point that I really enjoy walking probably about four to five years ago. And ultimately, when I first really got into walking, I think it was out of the necessity, or not the necessity, I should say, I think it was out of cost. I don't know. You're in your, you're young, you're mm-hmm. early to mid twenties mm-hmm. and you're playing yeah. golf. Golf's not a cheap sport to play. So you're, you're pinching pennies wherever you can. Like, Hey, like I don't want to pay the extra eight bucks for the cart, but I'll buy the $350 driver. All right, whatever. Oh, yeah. We justify things. However we see fit. Yeah. We've um, all snuck
0: onto a course.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Hey, I did it last weekend. Let's not tell anybody about that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I really, really got into walking and um I just prefer to walk. I think the biggest thing for me, there's obviously a lot of factors, but I think the biggest thing for me is when you have a bad shot and you're riding, you have no way of getting that. I don't know if I want to say anger. You have no way of forgetting about the shot. Cause when you hop in the cart, you're at your ball like right away. When you're walking, you have some time to decompress. It takes a little bit longer to get there and you can kind of just, Catch your breath, but also mentally just settle down a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my take. How about you? Yeah, no, I, you know, I completely agree. You
0: literally said what I was thinking. I mean, I, I feel so much better when walking. Well, let me back up. So I definitely started um walking about uh about eight years ago. Um, I had a golf membership at Shenikasset and I rode um, all the time. If, if I didn't ride because it was too late in the day or whatnot, I would go carry my bag, but I rode, and then I spent a thousand dollars on, you know, riding that summer when I already, I thought it was great that I broke even on my membership by July. So after looking at those numbers, I I was in accounting at the time. So lived in Excel after looking at those numbers, I I just said, "I, I can't do this anymore. So, you know, paid 200 Something on dollars for a push cart when they first really, you know, the new technology—the push carts first came on the scene um, about seven, eight years ago. Uh, got a bag boy push cart, and I, I loved it. It was just—it was so great to be able to get around the course efficiently, not use a ton of energy. And like you said, you know, if you have a bad shot, you know, I feel better about each shot when. I'm walking to it because I'm thinking about it as I'm going there. If I duff a shot, I get in the golf cart and I drive 30 yards to it. That takes three seconds. I'm not thinking about what I did wrong while you walk it out. You're going to get out your frustrations. You're going to get out that emotion that overwhelms you right now that you're completely pissed off about the shot you just did, you know, cussing at yourself. That's not going to help you regain your composure within the next 10 seconds to, to hit your next shot. Um, so I really do prefer walking, um, that way, unless it, the only time I'd say I wouldn't prefer walking. Well, not the only time, but the biggest time would be unless it's 90 degrees out with 90% humidity or it's pouring rain, you know, we've golfed in some sketchy shit. Don't get me wrong. And I keep an umbrella handy at all times, but if you're just getting dumped on and like you're dripping and your, cl- your grips are all wet because when you walk, it's tough to keep all your clubs dry. Um, it could be much easier in a push cart because you can cover the clubs with things. Um, but it can, it, it it can be
1: a little tough. Um, right. And And while you're mentioning that, let me just put out a disclaimer for the listeners at home. If you're hearing Brian say this and you're thinking, why would you play golf in the pouring rain? maybe go find another podcast. to Listen to guys. Cause this is about passion for the game. <laughs> we suck, but we're out there every Saturday and Sunday. Anyway, we're hitting balls during the weekend. We're squeezing in nine. I don't care if I have time off. If I don't have to work, I don't care if it's snowing out there. If it's warm enough, we're on the course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kev, are there
0: any times that you prefer to
1: ride? Um, yes, I, I will say yes. So, um, any course that has a lot of distance between holes mm-hmm. um, and when you go to play at a nicer course, I would say I prefer to ride. Or if if I get invited to go, say, play at like if I have a buddy that has a private course membership, if mm-hmm. I go there, I feel like you just end up riding because that's kind of like the experience
0: yeah, you're not gonna stray um, off on your own when you're a member right.
1: when you're a guest at right. somebody's course. Yeah, exactly. But but for the most part, if I'm gonna like splurge a bit and go go pay, I don't know. For example, like we went to uh, Fox Hop Yard, or you and I have played at Newport National out in out in Newport, Rhode Island. Beautiful course, by the way. Probably my favorite course to play at that I that I've played at. Um, I, I think at that point you're there for the experience, and I think having having those nice carts that have the built-in coolers on each side, they give you the waters, they, they have the built-in um, like GPS type system, or you can put your score right into it. I think at that point it's really worth it. But if I'm just playing at my local track or just getting out there, squeezing the nine, I prefer to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even it's funny. Cause we'll talk to, I'm sure you have the same experience. I'll talk to my friends. And I'll be like, Oh yeah. I mean, I, I probably played, I don't know how many rain rounds I played this year, but I, I'll tell them like, I probably rode less than five times this year and I play 18 pretty much every time I play. And, and I think you can tell the difference between how, not how serious people are about golf, but how often they play golf or how much they're thinking about golf kind of thing based off that. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I prefer, they're pretty,
0: pretty much two instances where I prefer to ride, obviously uh, times, like you'd said, like large courses, courses that for the most part, they'd make you ride anyway, like a Lake of Isles or, or, or something like that. Ridge. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's brutal. But I prefer riding, um, it, for my own benefit. Sometimes if I'm trying to get around in first thing in the morning, like 5 45, if I'm the first person out there and I want to get 18 in before work, I'll take a cart. It, I will get there quicker than walking. Yes, it's not what I want, but knowing that I'm the first person out there and there's no one in front of me, but the guy's cutting the grass, I I don't let a duff get to me. I figure it out and, and I get through the round. Um, or on the other end of it at 7 p.m. at night, if I'm trying to be the last one out there and just cruise through nine real quick um, or just limited on time pretty much. Uh, and the other time is if you're just going out with buddies and it's not serious um, if you know that you've got some hackers and, and people are just out there to have a good time, throw back some beers, then there's no point in me going off on my own, getting in my own head, getting in my own game, worrying about myself. If everyone's just there to have fun and it's not competitive at all, you just go out there and, you know, enjoy it in the cart. I have no issues with that whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that too. And, and, in that scenario, you're not walk carrying or pushing because you need something behind the cart to put your beers in anyway. Absolutely. Um, you actually just reminded me of a funny story. I um a few years ago, I had uh, I actually had a membership at a private club, um, country club of Farmington in Connecticut. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a a membership through the the job I had at the time. I remember one of the other guys I worked with was also a member there and we decided we wanted to go out and try to squeeze in. I think we were trying to squeeze in 18, maybe just nine right after work, but there was a storm coming in. So it was just me and him and we went over there. It was just the two of us and we each grabbed our own cart and we just tried to motor through as fast as we, we probably squeezed in like 14, 15 holes before the rain actually came, but I agree with what you're saying. Like when it's really in the interest of time and trying to squeeze around in, I I think it, it goes a long way, but in the same breath, I mean, I I preach this every single week. If I have, if you and I are walking and we're playing with two people that are in the same cart, we play faster.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I think it's more efficient.
0: I completely agree. When you have two people in a cart, you're driving, maybe, to the left rough on one to the right rough on another and people don't use etiquette. You know, if that were you and I, or if I was playing with a group of buddies and say my ball goes into the right hand rough, cause I definitely have a fade and that's where I would lose it. My buddy's over in the left hand rough, I would have, I would drive the cart over to his ball, leave him there, grab my probably two clubs, grab my uh, scope and go over to my ball you know, whether it's me walking 75, hundred yards, it doesn't matter. I know that I need to keep this moving as opposed to where a lot of, sometimes when you're with friends like that, they might just be sitting in the golf cart with their feet up texting while you're hitting a shot and their ball's only 20 yards to the left of you. And you're like, what are you doing? Uh, don't get right. me wrong. When it's a, a leisurely day, that's fine. But I mean, some, some course awareness is good. So that's why personally I
1: would, Put in more effort, I guess I would say, if I was playing with with people like that, right? And if I'm in a cart with you, and I'm I'm in the right rough, prepping my shot, getting ready to hit my ball, figuring out what I want to hit, and I look over and you're sitting in the cart with your feet up on the dash on your on your cell phone. This might be the last time we're playing golf together, at least for the <laughs> next month or so. While while I forget about it, but I I, I know what you're saying for sure. Um, but yeah, so we, you and I both have push carts, obviously uh, yes. we've talked about that. I actually, I got a hell of a deal on mine. I have, I, I was wanting to get one for like two years. I remember I was telling you and I, I'm like, I don't want to spend 200 bucks on a push cart. If I'm going to spend 200 bucks, I'm going to get a nice putter. I'm going to get a new wedge. I'm, I'm going to buy like a, a rescue club, something like that. I can't justify spending 200 bucks on a push cart. I got lucky. I was on Facebook marketplace one day. Somebody had an older bag boy push cart on sale. Cause they got a new one. Twenty bucks. It was fifteen minutes away. Drove over there, gave the guy a twenty dollar bill, drove home. I was on cloud nine, oh, and man. I I love the push cart because carrying yeah. carrying sucks, Bry.
0: It it sucks. Um, first of all, like I said before, fuck you, um, for getting a, a bag boy push cart for twenty dollars when I paid like two twenty for mine. But I'm in I, sales. What can I say? Yeah, no, I listen, but I hear you. But my argument would be, and this is what got me to buy it in the first place. Uh, years ago is I spent so much riding. So 220, if you're paying 25 bucks a time to at least 20 bucks a time to uh, play golf, each time you ride that's 10 times. All right. So three weeks, three weeks of riding you've paid for your push cart. So that's how it made it real easy for me to rationalize it, but no, yes, you're right. Um, love the push cart. I think it's a great workout. Um, Phil Mickelson would be proud of my cabs from 2020. They had gains like my portfolio did from GameStop and AMC the last couple of days, baby. But to the moon, to the moon, baby. Um, but I like walking, uh, you know, like I had previously said, I, I like to feel my way around the course and just be as effective about it as possible. I've certainly thought about an electric push cart, but. We will not get into that now. I'm sure we'll get into that later in the season. Um, Carrying, not for me. I I carried when I was younger, but I have a push cart now. Why would I ever go back? Like you wouldn't have technology and be like, ah, the internet's stupid. I'm just going to go look up an encyclopedia. Like, no, it makes no sense, but I've golfed with, you know, um, college golfers, and they'll say that there is some ego to it. Um, there are also things like they like walking and carrying the bag because it slows them down a little bit more on the course, help them keep a better pace, the heart rate at a steady rate, things like that. But they say that there is ego to it. They will look at people that have push carts and, you know, maybe crack a few jokes. And you know, my response to that is I've watched D1 golf on uh, the golf channel and these guys are winning championships with push carts. So don't, you know, exert yourself walking up a hill, especially in the mountainous terrain of New England, just to, you know, try to prove
1: that you're more of a man or whatnot on the golf course, you know, take what God gives you. Yeah, I agree. It's actually funny. You mentioned that because I, um, I was watching the, I don't remember what the turn I want to say it was like the Century Invitational. I don't know if I remember that correct, but I, it was. It's been on Golf Channel the last couple of days, so I was watching it. It's it's all college stuff, and most of the guys do carry. And I was actually going to say, I mean, I I don't play. I mean, we play men's club. Like, I mean, it's competitive, but it's like you know competitive, I guess. Um, but these D one golfers, most of them do carry, and I do think it looks a little bit awkward when I see some of the guys out there pushing, but I do think it's really just because probably what 80% of the guys D1 probably carry maybe even higher number than that. So I I just feel like it kind of looks a little bit awkward out there. And I don't, I don't, it's not cheating, obviously, but it's just, uh, it's, it's almost, I feel like it's almost one of those like unwritten rule type things.
0: I mean, I get it. I mean, it comes back to ego. like Right. Um, but I swear I have seen um, and it might it, it, it's certainly in tournament play because they're caddies. I've seen caddies push push carts and not even carrying the bag. I've seen it to go to that extreme. I will find wow, a photo. I haven't seen that. I will find a photo and I will, I'll show it to you. But um, I yeah, I've just I'm going to use the technology that God gives me.
1: Uh, I'll That's use unbelievable. Push cart all day. Yeah. I, I will say, when I first started walking, I carried all the time because I didn't have my push cart yet. And honestly, the reason I started walking was just like the necessity, maybe not the necessity, but the amount of rounds I was playing. I think there basically, I think there was a direct correlation between the amount of rounds I was playing per year in my transition to walking more versus riding, mm-hmm. because when you're playing a lot more rounds, every round you play, that's 20 bucks for a cart. So if you're playing 50 rounds, that's 50 rounds a year, 20 bucks, that's a thousand bucks yeah, a year, just on, just on carts. I spent 20 bucks on my push cart worth the investment in my opinion. Oh,
0: absolutely, and that's that's what I that's what I had said before. You know, I spent over a thousand dollars riding <clears throat> in a year that I got a membership, and I was so pleased that I was I broke even by July. Well, yeah, jokes on me because I spent one and a half times the membership to to ride. Right, I was freaking out, Kev. I was
1: freaking out.
0: So get a relax freak. out there. You don't yeah. want
1: to be freaking out on the golf course.
0: <sighs> been there. you been there. Been you there. Ever seen it. Down? Just a I've, just a pure meltdown out there. I've, I've certainly had meltdowns. I've seen, I've seen it more than I've had it myself. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get to other people first, um, before going into myself, but you know, it's funny when you see it, you're golfing with people and you know, they can't stop yelling at themselves to are like, I fucking suck. Like they miss a putt. Um, everyone does it. I mean, pros do it. We, you just saw a recently Justin Thomas said some uh, <clears throat> vulgar slander, homophobic slander when missing a putt and ended up being dropped by Ralph Lauren for it. Not like he needs it. Honestly, he'll, he'll find someone else in a minute, but people do that sort of meltdown on the course all the time, but taking it further, see people throw clubs smash flag sticks just scream like you hit a shot and they're like, fuck. And you're like, bro, are you serious? Like they're on the green and they're on the next tee. And that's not the place for that sort
1: of outburst. And you're not that good. Why are you you so pissed at yourself? You need to manage expectations on the course. You need to recognize the fact that you're a 20 handicap you're not going to be getting a birdie on every hole. You're going to put a ball in the rough instead of the fairway. And you can come back from that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I We witnessed it. Um, we we're in a men's club event. I, I, I'm saying we. I believe it was you. If not, it was our buddy, Jack. But the, a, a gentleman tees off, and it is the uh, third hole at Stanley. And, uh, he, yep, so you're definitely there. And our his three. ball – Yep. Par three. Um, maybe it was playing about a buck. We'll call it a buck 60. It, it's a little uphill. Uh, it feels a little uphill at least. Um, guy hits a ball over the right hand side. It's blocked a little by trees. Saw it bounce. Took a bounce to the right. This guy's screaming. Mother this. Mother that. Just flipping out. Like, we're three holes in. We've never golfed with the guy before. Kevin and I look at each other. Jaws drop. eyes just look at each other and we both like without saying any words are like, wow, this is going to be a a very fun next 15 holes Um, ends up a guy finds his ball chips onto the green and puts for par. And I was like, is this a joke? So you just freaked out and annoyed 15 people on the course and you got a par, not the best first impression, my friend, not the best first impression.
1: No, not at all. Meanwhile, the green for the second hole is about 30 feet away And there was a guy standing over his putt. So you and I feel bad immediately. Second off, this guy's playing partner is his son, who's probably in eighth or ninth grade. And he's out here motherfucking everybody. He was the first person to tee off. By the time the fourth person teed off, he was still motherfucking himself. He was driving away from the tee box. After everybody tees off, like, motherfucker, what the fuck? What the fuck? Pours in like a, chips chips and pours in like a five-footer, makes par and walks over to the fourth tee box. I'm like, oh my God,
0: this is the guy I completely almost forgot about this. This is the guy freaked out on the 17th hole because he three putted looks at his son said, fuck you, you made me miss that three putt. The kid's sitting here quiet like at 15 years old, like, yo, what did I do? Oh my God. I was like, dude, don't worry about it. your dad's a, a head case. He's like, you walk to the next fucking hole pushes it. Now the next hole is nine yards away. Like he smith slams on the gas. He goes up this Hill and, and slams on the brakes like 12 yards away. And it was like, wow, man, that was super dramatic. Um, But Oh God, that guy, he, that was a serious meltdown on the course. My meltdowns have been more, You know, a shank, a shank, I flip out, I break a club. I've done it a a couple times, and I'm not pleased about it. Um, I'll. Brian. uh, Dude, it's it's Clubs are expensive, my friend. Dude, I'll tell you. So it's also brutal the way I've done it. So both times, ironically, we're at um, Blackledge uh, in Hebron. Both, they were about eight years apart. In the instances, the first time I was in a golf class at Eastern, that was a, a health and physical education credit you could take. Golf class, it was great. Um, Sounds and we like a loophole a, to me. Oh, I was, dude, unbelievable way to use credits, and we played a blackledge. So we go out there, play nine. Um, I, I want to say it was once a week or twice a week. I I really don't remember, but go out there, play nine. And we play with the teacher. Uh, it was coach hollow who coached Eastern's baseball team, which obviously has an amazing baseball program. Um, he's a hell of a golfer as well. And we were on the second hole. No, sorry. The third hole of Andrew, uh, Gilead, uh, par five, third hole big tree on the right big tree right center of the fairway hit a drive hit a three wood um both were kind of in the fairway hit a seven iron duff it i turn i fucking throw my seven iron right into my bag and it just fucking it it, the metal pinches and it steel pinches and it just clubs gone hollow water you fucking asshole this is the way you talk to his students he was great everyone loved him much respect (laughs) He's like, you fucking asshole. Why would you do that? And I was like, I don't know. That that was my seven iron. The ball advanced, you know, 30 yards or whatever. Take a pitching wedge for my fourth shot. Put the ball right next to the flag and I, I end up with a par. So break that club with a par. Second time at Blackledge years later on 18, um, also playing Gilead. T shot fucking right down the pipe, pitching wedge. I duff it. I, I just throw it down to the side. It bounces up and then bounces up into my push cart on the, the frame of it and pinches it. And I was like, great. I just broke my pitching wedge. And it, it's so annoying because you break a club out of frustration. You're like, God damn it. But then later when you think about it, you're like, damn, that's so stupid. Clubs are expensive. Now I got to go buy a pitching wedge. Now I got to go buy a seven iron." Like it's just, it, it's not the best way to get out your aggression. And I'm
1: not, I'm not, um, I'm not proud of my, my actions. No, not at all. I, I so I'm very different. I, I don't really have meltdowns outwardly. Like I, I don't get visibly really angry or anything like that, but I just, as soon as things start going wrong, my confidence just dwindles like crazy. I, I get to be like Jordan Speeth circa 2018. It's like, oh. I'm standing over the ball. I have no idea where this fucking thing's going. So I'm just standing here. Like, I don't fucking know. I've gotten to the point that I decide in the first five to six holes, am I playing golf today or am I drinking today? And if it's at the point that I'm five, six holes in and I have two doubles, a couple bogeys, something like that, I'm like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to enjoy my time out here. I'm going to have a few beverages uh, soak up the sun and just hit the ball. And, and I find that by the seventh, eighth hole, I've, I've calmed down a little bit. I'm hitting the ball a little bit more consistently. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shoot the best round of my life, but at oh. least I'm, it's calmed me down a little bit kind of thing. Yep. Um, will but no, I've just I've broken multiple clubs, Brian. I think, do we, do we need to set up a meeting for you?
0: so one was with a beginner like wilson set i wasn't mad about it at all really
1: like, you were waiting to break that thing. uh
0: yeah those were clubs where i'm like pre- if like if snapchat was around by then i probably would have broken every one of those clubs in different snapchats you're driving uh, to the course today's
1: the day yes, <laughs> <break> yes! it. <laughs> um
0: and then the other one it was uh, my taylormade burner 2.0s i actually got the pitching wedge reshafted and then three months later, I bought the TaylorMade Sim Max, so it was kind of pointless. But, but oh well. I've also broken a four iron and a sixty degree wedge, but those were hitting the clubs, and that still sucked too. Um, th- those are brutal when you do it out there. That'll happen. Yep. That'll happen. So when you're playing with your buddies, tell me about gimmies. Does it ever come up? Does it ever get hostile? Does, you know, one guy's had a couple bevies and he's like, that was a fucking gimme!
1: I think the gimme, when the gimme what, conversation when? is so, so interesting because depending on the the, the people you're playing with, it, I think it's mainly based off the caliber of player, but I think it also mainly depends on like the type of group that people mainly play with. Um, Because I, I, so when I had the membership at that private club that I mentioned earlier, pretty much everybody in my office was a member there, but everybody in my office either had played D1 golf or they were a sub seven handicap. Everybody was really, really good. So gimme's wasn't so much a thing that it had to do with how far you were from the hole. It had, it more had to do with where the match on that particular hole was like hey like if you make this anyway it's not going to matter because we still took the hole so you're good right i don't care if you're 25 feet away if that putt's good take it right but you you ever get paired up with so this happened to me especially the summer when i was laid off i would go play on like weekend morning so or not week excuse me weekday morning so you you play with these older like retired people or people just happen to have the same day off and they play in the same group every week and they're like oh yeah we give we give gimmies inside a putter length and it's never like Oh, Hey, it looks like a putter length. You want, you see these guys walk up to the hole and they put the head of their putter inside the hole and lay their putter down. You ever see this? Oh yeah, dude. I, I've seen it. I, it's it, it blows my mind.
0: Right. Listen, I mean, there are times, I think that there are certainly times where gimmies are appropriate and they're not appropriate. Um, I think that they're appropriate. <clears throat> if you're playing with somebody, obviously not competitive, um, in a non-competitive format, you know, if they're struggling on the whole, whatever, who cares, you know, if they're double triple bogey, wh- why are you going to make someone struggle through that? If it's the off season, if it's super rough conditions. And like I said, you know, they're struggling on the whole, um, like as long as you're not playing for anything, whatever, you want to give it to them within a putter's length, five feet, you, you see your buddy, you know, struggling, you don't want bad vibes if there's nothing but joy on the line, like if you're not playing for anything financially, like then you're just trying to have the best time possible. So you don't want your buddy out there getting triples. Like he's not going to be the, he's going to be shoving shots down your throat and you're going to be Ubering home later. Um, but obviously it's not appropriate in like a men's league situation. Money's on the line. Um, if you're playing with your buddies and if it's a difficult putt, you know, um, you know, an eight footer downhill to the left. And you're like, I don't know, man, I just tapped in for three. Like, and I, I tapped it in my, mine was good. You know, if you want to say I'm five feet, you're five feet, we're both on the other side of the hole. Good. Good. I, I am absolutely fine with that situation. But if I just hit a 10 foot putt for par and you have a six foot approach, um, um, You know, for your part, don't walk up to it with one foot up on the ground and just be fucking side eyeing me, waiting for me to be like, hey, man, you're good. And then you end up putting, missing, and then be like, what? That wasn't good. If it was, if you thought it was good, if it was such an easy putt, you would have made it. Don't miss it after putting and then come back to me and complain that it should have been a gimme. That's not, got no time for it. Got no time for it.
1: If you have to ask for the gimme, it's probably not a gimme. It sounds like one that you're going to be shaking your knees on.
0: You better put that energy into that putt and stop focusing on me giving you that gimme that you want that you're not going to get.
1: Right. And so it's one thing to have somebody walk up to a putt. They're like, oh, I'm not really sure if I'm going to make this. And you end up giving it to them kind of thing. But another thing is when you're playing with a little bit more of an inexperienced golfer and they insist on holding out the putt pick it up listen this isn't your hole bud right yeah like you're you're just like hey man like i'm trying to do you a favor and also i just want you to be done with the hole because either a i'm already finished out or i just have like a six footer i'm either gonna drain it or it's just gonna be a tap in two putt and i just want to move on to the next hole and let's go i've been waiting for you every hole for the last seven let's wrap this shit up Absolutely. And like, you got to be cognizant of, you know, your group, the, the
0: people in front of you, the people behind you, where you are, like pace of play is important. Slow play. It can be extremely detrimental to a around. Um, it can be so frustrating. It, it really can ruin your round when you are waiting on every tee box. Um, <clears throat> it's part of the mental game that you have to get over um, and get through and able to get through a round. Um, Once you start letting it get to your head and you start making an excuse for it, you've lost already. Um, You really have. I I try to do anything to keep my mind off of it. If we're just sitting waiting on tea boxes, I'll try to start a conversation within the group, um, something to get thoughts off of the delay. Um, If not, just try to check my phone, something, something to keep my mind off the waiting, because if you just sit there with a hand on the hip, a club in your right hand, leaning to one side, bitching about the group in front of you, you're going to have nothing but
1: frustrations throughout the round. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think we experience this a lot. I mean, on a public course, it's at the end of the day, it's going to be really busy, especially on the weekends. It's going to be miserable. You have to kind of expect it. But you and I, I mean, when we play in men's club events, we basically anticipate a five-plus hour round. Yep. And it can just wear on you and wear on you. And I almost prefer to have it be slow the entire time so you're used to it as opposed to getting to the back now, getting like 12, 13, and then having it slow down because I hate getting into a little bit of a groove, have a bit of a pace going, And then the last few holes, it's just really slow. Because I feel like at that point, you almost like tighten up kind of, you know Mm -hmm. what I
0: mean? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Like you said, men's club, you get to the course, you know, before you get to the course, it's going to be slow. It's going to be a long round. Everyone is putting out everything. Every shot off the tee is counted. There's there's nothing that you're gonna be able to do about it. it's it's something you make a commitment to do it's a camaraderie it's it's a great time um you know when the course is packed it is what it is you know what it is when you pull into the parking lot and see everything backed up on the first tee you know it, that I can sometimes compartmentalize and and get over it but when you're stuck behind a slow group and you've got an open hole in front of you it's just maddening. It, it really is. Um, it, that's something that you can't get over um, because there's no way to, get, in my opinion, I haven't figured it out yet. There's no way to get that out of your head that these people are holding us up. There's no one in front of them holding them up. And now I'm worried about my pace of play and I'm playing slow because I'm behind them. And
1: it's just a vicious cycle. It, it really is. Right. Let, let me ask you this though would you rather be the group behind everybody slowing down and be watching the group in front of you just have one cart drive over to one ball, wait, line up their shot, hit it, and then drive over to the other guy's ball, wait, line up your shot, hit it, have it be super slow, or would you rather be the group that has the guy in it that's slowing everybody else down behind you?
0: Honestly, Ken, What's
1: more frustrating to be a part of?
0: Uh, so truthfully and this is probably why i rub people the wrong way if i was in a group with a bunch of people if i if i was in a group with a bunch of people i knew it'd be super easy i'd be like guys we need to hurry the fuck up there is no one in front of us there are people waiting on the T-Bucks behind us like i'm sorry chad hit your ball from here i'm gonna drive over i'm gonna walk over here you drive and get me when i'm done i'm gonna grab two clubs i'll meet you on the green I'll figure it out. And I would do the same thing with people that I didn't know. I just obviously wouldn't do it in an aggressive manner where obviously you have the comfortability of the way you speak to your friends. Uh, If I was in a group of randoms, I'd be like, guys, you know, I think we really need to pick it up. There's no one in front of us. I'm worried about our pace of play. There's people behind us. You know, it's kind of taken us a long time. I think we really need to make some sort of effort here. And if they ignore me, they ignore me, but like, at least I've said it. So they've, they've heard it. It's, it's rattling around in their brain one way or another, if it makes them speed up or, you know, I'll just give them those looks. I'll finish up on the green and then I'll walk off. I'll I'll give you enough body language that says we need to speed this up. I'm not waiting for you to take 13 practice swings in in the fairway. I'm going to keep going. If you have no effort to, pick up, pick up your pace of play. I'm not going to be putting when you're 150 yards out, but it'll be known in subtle, in subtle movements.
1: Right. And I think it's with slow pit with, excuse me, with slow play. I think it's really interesting because you only see people that are really slowing down the course. If they're on polarized ends of the spectrum, it's either the really high caliber, really good golfers that are like, lining up every shot. They're checking the fucking air density. Like they're fucking Bryson DeChambeau. Like they can even hit it that far They're They're tossing grass up in the, not, not like I don't toss grass up in there to check the wind, but still like they're, they're just, they're analyzing everything yard or, 20. or it's the guy that is a new golfer. He has to take three practice swings before he takes every stroke. He duffs 75% of his strokes and he'll take the three practice swings, duff it 10 yards, walk up to the ball again and repeat the whole process instead of just hitting the ball.
0: Yeah. If you're taking three practice swings and you duff the ball, you should probably just take the first swing.
1: Right. But that, I think I understand that better than the higher caliber golfers. Cause you and I got paired up with a couple of higher, higher end goal. I think they were in like the first flight. They're probably, you know, one, two, three handicaps. One of them we had played with before and we were like, Oh, this kid's pretty slow not like excessively slow, but slower than you and I. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you and I, if we go out by ourselves, we, we walk nine in, in an hour if nobody's yeah. in front of us. Kind of, like, you and I play exceptionally fast, and, and I think we both understand that. But we had a kid that we had played with before. He was kind of slow, but whatever. But then the next time we played with him, it was a, it was a two-man event. It might have been like yeah. a two-man – I think it was the two-man six-club scramble, scramble which is right? our forte, by the way. Brian and yeah. I crushed the two-man six-club scramble. No driver for Kev, three iron off the tee, all day, every day. No problem, Pimpin. Give him the skins. Uh, give him the skins, baby. Um, but I distinctly remember every tee box we got up to. I mean, they would have the honors. They were like ones and twos. Like they're yeah. they're birdying or parring every hole. And meanwhile, we play the same 18 holes every fucking Sunday. The, the pins and the, the tee boxes can only be in so many places. I mean, we know what clubs we're hitting before we even tee off on the first hole. Right. And I remember there were multiple times that you and I are looking at each other. Like, are these guys going to tee off? Like what's, and it got, to, we got to like the fourth hole and we're like, you know what? Fuck that. We don't even give a fuck about honors. We're just going to hit when we're ready. And I think that's more frustrating than being slowed down by the group in front of you. Cause I hate being that guy or mm-hmm. being perceived as that guy.
0: You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, just the nonchalantness on the course. You're absolutely right. And like you said, it was a six-club scramble. Everyone's got a driver and ever, well, except you, but everyone had, in the group minus you had a driver and a potter. So there's only four other clubs that they can shoot from. So, all right, we're on a tee box. You're hitting driver, okay? So in the fairway, I'm sure that their clubs were separated enough where it's not that big of a fucking deal. Like, you know what you're going to hit. It's just they talk about every single detail when they're on the green, they look at the putt from six different angles on the green. Ah, uh, it's, it, it can be very frustrating to be in groups like that, but you almost have to like, you hold back a little bit. Um, We certainly took honors on the tee box because we were just keeping pace going, but you can't like really go about that on the greens because these guys are shooting, you know, g- good scores. You don't want to, you know, interfere with that by, have a bad golf etiquette um right. like
1: green. you don't want to be disrespectful at the right. end of the day right um but yeah i mean i don't know i mean j- just like i said before i mean you you and i are we're fast players of golf i mean i think we both like to play in the, in the mornings because of that because we want to play but we want to get the round we want to get the round in we want to get the round over with and we don't want to be waiting all day and when you go to play it one, two, three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, you're, you're starting to get into that point where it's not people that are so much regular golfers as it is people that are out with their buddies to have some drinks. People are trying golf for the first time, or they play golf two, three times a year, and this is their day out and they're just enjoying it. So it becomes really, really slow. And at that point in the day on a Saturday or a Sunday, the course is so packed that playing through is not even going to do anything for you anymore.
0: No, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, those people that dad gets that Saturday out, you know, mom's at her sister's for the weekend or, or, or whatever it is, those late rounds two, three o'clock on a Saturday, Sunday during the peak season of June to August. And you're looking at a five hour round easily. And it's just people that don't care, you know, walking over to their ball, 40 yards away from the uh, cart that they get out of, and they don't have a club in their hand. Ah, unbelievable! God. like th- that is where I throw my hands up, like Miley Cyrus, and I just don't understand what is going on.
1: Hands up, playing my song.
0: If we had the copyright to it, we would have that in the background, I promise.
1: Good thing but- I was way off key. There's no way they find us for that. Oh, no, no. no.
0: So it, it it's things like that. Course awareness, it's just frustrating. You know, walking so far away from your clubs to go look at a ball and then not have a club to hit it. It just, things like that slow up the pace of play unbelievably. Or, you know, the people that are looking in the woods for 15 minutes for a ball, for an ultra or a fucking noodle. It's not a Pro V1. It's, a, listen, guy in jeans with a headband on. It's never a Pro V1. You're hitting an ultra-
1: and a noodle do you have any idea how many times i've been standing in the fairway just waiting to hit into the green and i just want to yell up you're good get off the green just pick it up (laughs) you're good auto two putt
0: take it ah absolutely man i wish that was the way we could do it i really do
1: oh my god we we need a Next time we play or like come this summer before we tee off every round, we should try to find the group in front of us and get all of their cell numbers. So we can just all text them. Hey, you're good. Take it.
0: I'll tell you what we'll do. Kev. We'll get one of those Bose speakers and um, put the, the wrap it up music like from the Oscars and we'll just blast it. So just tell them to besides saying, pick it up. We'll just play the the music that they cut people off on when they're doing their speeches at the
1: Oscars. We've got to be able to get our hands on like a megaphone maybe.
0: Oh, yeah. I, and I'm also loud. I'll just project. You're you're loud. You're loud. I'll give you that. I got those tunes, baby. You're not quiet. Not at all, but that's how we keep it humming. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This was another episode of Life in the Rough, the podcast. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you next week.